People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. So cold and flu season is here. I mean, it is really here. In fact, it's here on this podcast. Both Trisha and I and the people we worked with all week last week all have maybe the flu. I don't know. Trisha's going to tell us a little bit about whether we know we have the flu or not. So she and I have been talking this morning about what we can do in our lives to prevent it, to manage it, and the lifestyle changes that can help us stay well. So hi, Tricia. Hey, hey, I'm excited to be doing this. I think it was a really good idea, Doro, that we kind of really focus in on this since we're both having it and experiencing it. So I'm glad we can carve out the time to do this. Let's just begin by talking about some of the things, some of the strategies we can use to prevent the cold, the flu, the respiratory illness we might be having. What are some of the main things? Well, you know, we hear it over and over again to wash our hands, but anybody you talk to, any health professional, anybody will say, wash your hands and wash your hands all the time, but particularly um, during the time of flu season, which would be about now. It's important because when you shake the hand with somebody who might have had the flu or have touched their nose or have touched their eyes, it will go right into your hands and then you might touch your nose and your eyes or your mouth and it does transfer that way. The flu does. So washing for 20 seconds with soap and water. And as you've said, Dora, many times singing the happy birthday song, which takes about 20 seconds or use an alcohol based hand sanitizer when you can't get to soap and water. It can significantly cut down on the risk of getting sick or bringing the flu home to the family, which is something we do want to forget not doing because it is so contagious. Right. But you mentioned something earlier to even make it less likely you'll get the flu or cold. And that is what? Hugging people? Hugging people. And it kind of makes sense. You know, I think, Dora, you know, I always hug people, you know, over a handshake. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I guess it was drilled into me that we don't want to like shake hands, you know, as little as possible. And a hug is kind of nice. And who can't use more hugs? True. And seriously, we'll get less likely to get sick that way. Well, that's true. What about a fist bump? Does that count? Yeah, fist this pump is good. This idea that you would be transferring the germs, so to speak, from your hands to your mouth, to your nose, to your eyes, we wouldn't be rubbing our eyes with our hands. But something I said, and I think is kind of important, is use alcohol. Alcohol-based hand sanitizers are fine, but we don't want to use antibacterial hand sanitizers as they can breed scary resistant germs. I mean, we've heard that a lot. And some of them contain chemicals. Oh, there's one really scary, scary chemical called triclosan that acts as an endocrine disruptor. So we don't want to be using antibacterial hand sanitizers. And I remember when our kids were little and it kind of came out and then everyone's like, no, let them play in the dirt. So it's the same idea. Alcohol-based is fine. And Dora, you know, those big ones that we got in Maine that alcohol-based, they're great, but let's not use antibacterial. Okay. That makes sense. How about water? Okay. Water is huge. You're always telling us to drink more water. How does that factor in with the flu? Hydration is essential. And it's actually essential even without the flu, with the flu. But hydration is something that we all forget is just basic and that we don't drink enough water. 
And people in their studies after studies that show that if you are dehydrated, it puts you at a much higher risk because your immune system goes down, right? A much higher risk to get the flu or to get a cold. So hydration is key. When you have the flu or the cold, it's really important because you don't really realize how much you're coughing, you're sneezing, right? You're hopefully resting more, which takes energy. And we're not thinking we need to drink, but we need to drink and you're going to feel better. Yeah. And your body will start to be able to fight more. So it's really important to always drink water. And what I like to say with folks that I get to work with, I always tell them, look, let's try to add maybe a little bit of lemon to that because you're going to talk how important vitamin C is anyway. But when you are sick, let's get some lemon in there. Warm water is also really soothing on our throats. So, um, and actually in the Ayurvedic world, you know, we know that warm water actually absorbs quicker and your body doesn't have to change. And there's there a lot of people that say, I don't know, there's science behind it, but it kind of makes sense to me because your body doesn't have to convert cold water to your body temperature. Yeah. So there's all kinds of like hacks for us to do while we're sick and while we're well. Right. So let me ask you this about water. I read that when you're dehydrated, your skin can become more vulnerable to wrinkles. Okay, that's one reason I'm running to drink <laughs> true. to drink water. And another thing when you say that, that's absolutely right. Um, when people are dehydrated, your wrinkles show up more. But remember, we have an inner lining of skin, right? So imagine like the lining of our stomachs and we don't get enough water. Imagine the lining of all of our organs and we don't get enough water. So things get dried up and don't work well. So water is essential. It's just essential. Yeah. As you and I have talked a lot, our bodies are almost all water. So let's make sure we keep it hydrated. And you do feel better. I know that when I'm on top of my water drinking, I feel better. Yeah, definitely. Here's something that you are an expert in now these days, and it's about repairing your gut as far as helping us to stay healthy. And why is it that we want to keep our gut healthy so that we can prevent colds and flus? Well, the gut flora supports your immune system so that because we know now that our immune system is actually in our gut, right? So if we can build our guts up, we can build our guts up and our immune system stays strong, we will put ourselves less likely to get sick. And I just want to kind of note right now, I'm really big on this. You know, it's okay to get sick. You know, like it's okay. That happens. Nobody's going to be living a life of not being sick. But what happens is when you are sick, you want to be able to get through it a little quicker and you don't want it to turn into something kind of serious, right? And that's why people have so much fear around the flu. And I was saying to Dora earlier on today that there's been a, a lot of studies that have shown that during flu seasons, oftentimes people don't really have the flu, but they have a really bad cold or upper respiratory situation going on. So I think what we need to do is say, look, we're going to try the hardest and stay as healthy as we can. But when we get sick, it's okay because that's what our body does. And it becomes stronger after that. Mm. Anyway, thought that was important to note. But yes, our immune system is in our stomachs, in our gut. And we really want to keep that strong. And there's many ways. And it would be so fun, Dora, for us to do a big podcast on microbiome. And we were lucky because we had the best person ever at our conference talking about it, Aviva Ram. And now I'm studying with her about the gut because it really did resonate with me. Mm. But in this case, yeah, let's start taking a probiotic. 
keeping our guts strong. And as you've noted, 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So probiotics are key. That's basically most of our immune system. Right. So the gut is critical. And that leads us to talking about reducing sugar and alcohol. How can this suppress our immune systems? Because we do know that alcohol and sugar is probably the worst thing we can do for our immune systems. It just suppresses our immune system. It says, okay, party time. We're eating, we're eating. And the immune system just goes down. So when you're sick, it's a good time to cut down on the alcohol, cut out the sugar processed foods. Let's maybe limit the dairy too because of the mucus. And any kind of packaged fruit juice, I don't want to see people doing right now because that is really sugar. Even just for a few weeks while we're getting better during this time. I mean, I guess it goes without saying, let's get plenty of quality protein, lots of vegetables. And whether you guys are leaning into plant-based, that's great. Look for high protein items there, like your beans, your lentils, right? Your quinoa, that's great protein, easy to digest and really clean. And if you are eating meat, go for the high qualities. Make sure that your um, red meat is grass-fed. That doesn't just go for when you're sick. That goes for all the time too. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that a whole foods diet is the greatest protection against getting sick. And while you are sick, it's the greatest way to get you through it. We continue to be big fans of Michael Pollan, who said his definition holds true. He wrote it years ago, but it holds true today, which is the kind of diet we should have is to eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Exactly. Just a simple guideline. So eating well-balanced meals can help us sick or well. Yeah, exactly. And Dora and I were also saying as we were preparing for this, you know, we know it, but when you get sick, all of a sudden it reminds you again. So it's an, actually an opportunity to reset, right? hundred <laughs> mm, percent. One of the things we want to mention is reducing stress. Obviously, we need to reduce stress. And perhaps that's much easier said than done. But, you know, I love to say, but keeping ourselves chill during cold and flu season, which of course coincides with holiday season, right, can actually make a huge difference in our immune response. But how do you do it? And we talked about this during our last conference, you know, how do we do it? And oftentimes we talk about the 80-20 rule. I kind of go into the 95 to 5% rule of foods and habits, right? And the idea is like, look, this is a time, really, the cold and flu season is stressful, because as I just said, it's the holidays, it's lots of stuff going on. And you know, you're at a higher risk of getting sick or your family or your kids. So really, this is the opportunity to kind of keep things simple, try to make our meals, do our breath work, do our right. And we talk a lot about what does that look like? And maybe you want to tell everybody a little bit about the mindfulness and some of the things that we do do and actually encourage people to do all the time. But again, while they're sick. Yeah. I mean, if you're new to mindfulness, one of the things that we offer is a weekly meditation on our podcast, Health Gig, and you can find it by going to healthgigpod.com. And I've heard from a lot of people that that's been very helpful. But, you know, trying meditation, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You can just start with five minutes on your timer and sitting quietly and focusing on your in-breath and your out-breath. And of course, spending time in nature is a real stress reduction, taking walks and just listening to the sights and the sounds and noticing the smells around you. And then spending time with the people you love is always, you know, well, it can or can't reduce stress. It just depends mm -hmm, exactly. what's going on. 
And then doing what you love, taking time to, you know, if you love paint or if you love just making time for those things. Right. Because your body is relaxed in that and it's not feeling stressed. And as we talk about a lot is, you know, stress really doesn't exist. It doesn't. But it because what might stress Dora out doesn't stress me out. Right. Right. The definition of stress really is your reaction to a situation. And really, when we get sick, I know I get stressed out because I'm like, no, I can't get sick, you know, and then the body is even more stressed. So it's an idea of, again, saying, okay, let's calm down and do the things that you just suggested. And little by little, right? Like little by little, you don't have to sit and do a 30 minute silent meditation all at once, or if you want to, you can, but you don't have to put pressure on yourself to do these things. I mean, you can even set the timer on your watch and take three long, deep breaths. I mean, all of these little things can help you. Yeah. One of the things I know we wanted to talk about, of course, was sleep, because when you're sick, you need to sleep to fight it off. So what are some of the things we can do to get optimal sleep? So sleep is so huge because if you think about it, it's such a big part of our life, right? I forget what the tally up amount of sleep that we have, you know, in our lifetime, but it's a lot. So a lot of our time and energy is spent sleeping or should be sleeping, right? (laughs) So it is important in being part of nature, we need to rest but it takes energy to rest. It takes hydration to be able to have a good night's sleep. So all the things that we do during the day that we talk about right now is the things that support us to sleep. So if we're incredibly stressed out during the day, we're not going to have a good night's sleep. You just aren't, you know? Right. If we're not eating well, if we're eating tons of sugar, we're going to be hyped up. We're not going to get our sleep. And what is one of the biggest things we need to do to stay healthy and keep our immune system strong? Sleep. So you see the, <laughs> see the thing? Goes around yeah. and around and around and around. And we actually just gave a great lecture. And Dora, it might be fun to, again, schedule time to do this on, you know, your personal sleep plan. It's huge. This, this should get like five podcasts dedicated to it. And what you need to do to make sure that your sleep plan is as big a part as your financial plan or as your food prep for the beginning of the week or whatever's important to you, your sleep plan should be right up there. I mean, we're all individual, bio-individual. What are some of the things that help you to sleep better? So I think, as Dora knows, I have had a hard time sleeping. So I've really worked very, very hard on uh, my sleep plan. And it's not perfect, but it is getting better. So all the things that we hear, right, which is don't eat a big meal right before bedtime. It kind of makes sense. Think about it. Step back. Think about it. If your body's going to have to digest that food, it's going to take energy to digest that food. So that's the energy you need to sleep. So the experts are saying maybe don't eat anything at least three hours before you plan to go to sleep. The other thing too, is that you don't want to be doing caffeine. We talk a lot about that, like the role of caffeine in everyone's life. And Dr. Michael Roizen, who's a big part of our conferences, he's got all kinds of amazing facts as to why caffeine should stay in your diet. But what we do know is as Dora pointed out, everybody's different. So you need to figure out how caffeine works for you, but it seems pretty universal that you don't want to be drinking anything with caffeine past maybe two o'clock in the afternoon, because when you do, that could affect your sleep. And there's a sort of a hack that we talk about. And that is, you know, get up. If you're a coffee drinker, you can get up in the morning and get like maybe, I don't know, two ounces, three ounces of your coffee early in the morning. If you like to get up and do whatever you like to do, and then come back to your coffee, maybe around 11 o'clock and finish it up because that could carry your half-life of caffeine 
through the afternoon and kind of keeps you with a little bit more energy versus the need to want to have caffeine in the afternoon. Does that make sense, Doral? Mm-hmm. Totally. And so again, indigestion, what we're putting in our bodies affects how we sleep and how you live your days. Light really matters. You know, we want to, at nighttime, we remember we're part of nature, right? Circadian rhythm is huge. If you study any of the Ayurvedic doctors, you'll see again that the number one thing they talk about is we are nature. We are part of nature. We are nature. And so therefore, we should be getting up when the sun rises and we should be going down when the sun sets. And now you guys think about it is daylight savings. And I know that this is um, time capsule, but when daylight savings comes, we're going to start getting darker at night, right? So we need to start thinking about eating even earlier because we want to go to bed earlier. So again, thinking about ourselves as part of nature, not separate from nature and following the light as best we can. And at night, don't turn on your, your bright lights, keep them really low if you can. And definitely for me, I have to go, I have to start pretty early, but I have to have like an hour before I actually think I'm going to fall asleep to kind of do my routine of reading or any kind of positive stuff, you know, I've gotten into maybe keeping the journal, you know, going to sleep with a gratitude feeling. And Dora, you talk a lot about that, right? Like people could do a gratitude journal at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that idea. One of the things that I do that pretty much guarantees a good night's sleep is if I take a hot, hot bath. Yes. And I have some eucalyptus that I put in there and and I'm breathing the eucalyptus. And then I my body is very relaxed and get into a very dark room. Do you put Epsom salt in it too? Yeah, sometimes because that's got a ton of magnesium in it mm-hmm. and magnesium will calm us down. So if you can get Epsom baths and Dora, as you said, put your eucalyptus in it. If you have the cold like Dora and I have now, put some ginger in it. And ginger is a really great immune booster. And also to drink ginger is great, but I, I love putting it in your bathtub with the Epsom salt and the eucalyptus. It does boost your immune system. So yeah, just finding your way to a good night's sleep, just like you find your way to a really strong exercise program. Um, it's really important. It's really, really important. And we all put stuff in the notes, but also stay tuned because we could do, Dora, would, would be good to do a whole thing on sleep. Definitely. But you mentioned exercise. So exercise does boost our immune system. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And there's study after study after study after study. And I keep saying that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That if you're going to take, if someone did tell you that your immune system is going to be boosted, you're going to have less chance for heart attacks. You're going to feel really great. You're going to live longer. Would you take that pill? Or would you take that pill? Yes. <laughs> and so what they say is that's exercise. <laughs> and exercise can be what you want it to be. Like, again, when we're sick, like Dora and I are right now with whatever this is, you're probably not a good idea to go out and play a really fast game of pickleball right now. Probably not a good idea. But what's a good idea is get your body moving, you know, like get the body moving, do stretches, make sure the body knows that the message is, you know, we're going to keep going. We sit in bed too long. The body says, oh, and it loses the idea to keep going. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we got to say, we got to exercise and exercise means something different for everybody. Dora and I are actually doing this awesome program with Wild Health, with our great friends at Wild Health, with Matt Dawson mm. and his team over there. Oh, they're fabulous. Julie Fichet was on our Achieving Optimal Health Conference, virtual conference. And we have learned so much from them 
And both of us now are doing the aura ring. We had done the whoop to measure uh, a lot, uh, do the measurements. Now we're doing the aura ring. And it's key, guys. You got to be rested to exercise, but you got to exercise to rest. So again, it's all bio-individual. It's all finding what works for you, but find what works for you. Do it. You know, just do it. And also exercise helps with the stress. Yes, exactly. And it's actually anti-aging. It's so good for us. And again, find the type of exercise you like to do and do it. Well, how do you feel about something our grandmothers knew about? And that was bone broth and chicken soup. I'm so crazy about bone broth. This summer we were in Boulder and there was a health food place there. Our friend Margaret Auger told me about it. And it was incredible, you guys. It was like a bone broth bar. And it had like turmeric in it, or you could get ginger in it, or you could get, you know, any anti-cold, any kind of, it was like medicinal. It was so amazing. So yes, bone broth is incredible. It will help you build your muscles. It will help heal your gut. And remember, we heal our gut, our immune system gets stronger, right? So it's all these things that we're doing to build our bodies up. So yes, bone broth is fabulous. And you can find bone broth now anywhere already pre-done, like a yeah, Costco has it. Costco. And remember, you want to do the grass-fed bone broth if you're doing the one that's made with beef. There are vegetable bone broths as well. But you guys, yeah, do the bone broth. And it tastes so good. And like you said, chicken. that's why I think chicken soup, chicken noodle soup is so, so good for us. <laughs> and the yeah. collagen for our skin. And again, not just for our outer wrinkles, but for our inner wrinkles. Somebody told me that in a lecture not so long ago. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't even imagine what my inside wrinkles look like. <laughs> but it also reduces upper rest. I mean, it actually reduces symptoms yes. of cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Food is medicine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So what else? How do you feel about elderberry and echinacea? Okay, so much to talk about with elderberry. Both of those have gotten their time in the sun right now because even people that aren't health nuts, they get the echinacea and elderberry can actually reduce the length of our flu and cold. And it actually can prevent it because elderberry is really high in antioxidants, right? And when you have the amount you should be taking when you're sick, so hold on a second. In general, if you want to make elderberry part and echinacea the same way. If you want to make that part of your daily routine, you can do that as well and follow the instructions. And sometimes on the back, but with echinacea, you would probably want to do about one teaspoon twice daily. That sounds like a lot, but it actually is the amount you should take in terms of preventing getting the flu. So I'll repeat that. That's one teaspoon twice daily. Mm. Medicinal mushrooms, I'm crazy, Dora. You know, I'm all about mushrooms right now. Yeah. And we recommend the combination of these medicinal mushrooms, which include cordyceps, turkey tail, reishi, and I'm going to say this wrong, matake, as part of a daily immune boosting herbal protocol. I've been getting this, and I told Dora about this. I've been getting this in my cachava. Dora and I are, we are not associated yes. with anybody. We don't sell products, but that's sort of, and I don't know, if Dora, if you have yours right there, I could run down and get mine, but. The cachava? Mm -hmm. No, but I just ordered um, from Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. I just ordered another one. Yeah. And it's got all of our adaptogens in it, you guys, because I'm finding like it is kind of hard. Like, oh, God, I got to take this, got to take that. So this is like a whole food and I love it. And it actually helps. It's got your uh, probiotics in it. It's got everything in it. It has all these mushrooms in it. And we do highly recommend people cook if you can. You should try to bring in your onions, you know, cook onions, garlic, turmeric, and ginger right now. 
This is all to prevent the flu, but of course, do it when you have the flu as well, because those are, again, food is medicine and they're anti-inflammatory. And when our bodies are inflamed, we're going to get sick. We just are. So all this discussion we're talking about right now could also be a discussion under having an anti-inflammatory life. So for people who might not be familiar with Kachava, can you just tell us what it is? Yes, yes. Dora and I are not associated with Kachava. We're not (laughs) recommending it because we have any financial gain in this at all. But just as wellness co-partners with you guys out there trying to figure out how to stay as healthy as we possibly can, we're always looking for different things. So one thing that I'm looking at right now is making sure that we're not isolating foods, you know, like so big right now, protein powder, right? I started studying that and I'm like, okay, I kind of get that. I know as we're aging, we need protein, but it felt uncomfortable to be just taking this one protein powder, right? So in this investigation, we found this product called Kachaba. It has 85 plus superfoods. So it's actually a plant, it's plant-based nutrients. And when you look at it, it's so much fun. I just told you what uh, mushrooms we had to take, right? Well, guess what? It's in there. All the antioxidant superfood blends, it's in there. Actually, I'm looking at right now, they don't have elderberry. So you'll want to make sure you continue your elderberry. Um, They have tons of fiber because we know fiber, the, the microbiome, the gut needs fiber. And as we age, we're not getting enough fiber. Other indigenous cultures, they get tons and tons of fiber just from what they eat. We don't get much. And that's a big problem. So anyway, love this product right now. And I really highly recommend it. It's got your digestive enzyme blend in there. It's got your probiotics in there. And they've got the right probiotics in there that you want for our gut and for um, building our immune system. So something that we're enjoying right now, and, and again, things can sound pretty overwhelming when we make recommendations on what to eat and how to eat it. So that's why we're always on the lookout for good product. And we really do believe in that one right now. Yeah, Kachava. And you mentioned it's for our gut, but it's also for our brains. Yes. Our muscles, our skin, our hair, our heart, really just for our whole health. It is. And again, if we can cook our own stuff and get in that's great. But find products like this that really have it all in. We are comfortable making that recommendation for sure. And again, it's a shake, you know, and you could eat it as a snack even. Yeah. And meal replacement, oftentimes people will, but this really is just an opportunity to get all this good stuff in your body. So one thing you mentioned earlier, we talked about elderberry. Yes. How much do we need? So if you've got the cold, like we do, Dora, or the flu, you want to take one tablespoon three times daily. And that's for adults. Okay. Children, it's less than that. And that's pretty much, I would do that every single day until you're feeling better between five, five to seven days. Okay. And it's safe. It's even safe for pregnant women to do this for five to seven days. But if you're pregnant, it's also important to go see your medical doctor about that too. Um, and elderberry is also safe if you're nursing. I mean, elderberry is, you know, from a plant and it's, it's safe and it's good for us. And, you know, it's funny. It's so by individual. Like I've talked to people that are like, I take that thing and I'm better the next morning. And then there's other people saying, oh, it doesn't really work for me. So really, we need to try it all out. But elderberry is one that's gotten a lot of press in the regular world of medicine or vitamins, right? Because you could even go to like the CVS and there's elderberry, you could buy it there and it's good. Yeah, yeah, very accessible. So one of the things I know people are gonna ask us about and the answer is you need to check with your doctor and that is about vaccines, the flu shot. Even if you're getting the flu shot, they're saying it's about 60%. I mean, it's you gotta do this with the flu shot or without the flu shot. That's exactly what I wanted to make sure people knew that the flu shot is a personal choice. It's something you want to talk to your doctor about. 
But I thought we should end with, if you could take us through a healthy day, what can our routine look like? Realizing we're all bio-individual, but we talked about this at our conference. What could a healthy day look like? Try to get up when the sun rises, right? Or earlier or whatever. And, and the idea again is part of nature. We're with nature. And carve enough time out to kind of create a morning routine for yourself whatever that looks like. And what we would recommend though, is that that should include waking up and drinking at least one to two glasses of water immediately, which I'm thinking right now, I only drink a half a glass this morning. <laughs> so, and I'm sick, right? Cause I'm like, oh, but force yourself, drink water in the morning. Okay. It gets you kind of set up and think about it. You've been asleep all night, burning energy, burning calories. So when you wake up, you're thirsty. And if you don't get a top of that thirst first thing in the morning, you might remain thirsty all day and we know what dehydration does for us. So a nice morning routine that includes getting your water in. If you can sit quietly, you know, start a little bit of a meditation program with yourself. As Dora said, we have wonderful meditations that Dora leads many people on. So feel free to listen to those meditations because they're great. And then, you know, maybe make an intention for the day. Again, this whole idea, you guys, is slowing down and staying right here, right now in this moment. And guess what? It's less stressful, right? And we've just talked about what stress can do for us. And then throughout the day, making sure, again, that you get light. And there's a whole science behind this. Like within 30 minutes of when you get up, you should go outside, let the light, the natural light hit your eyes because then the melatonin shuts off. And then at night, you're going to see the reduction of the light outside. So make sure that your body feels that as well. So during the day, it's being aware of what we're putting in our bodies, you know, and it's being aware of, of having fun and it's being aware of laughing and it's being aware of the people you're hanging out with if they're bringing you down, right? It's actually taking ownership of your life. And, you know, there's a cool book that we just got and it's, oh, I wish I had it in front of me, but the idea is that, you know, you can create what you want this day to look like. You really can. Oftentimes we can feel overwhelmed and, you know, in crisis, but you can turn it. The mind is powerful and it can turn the day from a stressful day to a learning day or however way you want to frame it. So then at, during the day you're eating well, hopefully when those stress moments come, if you're an emotional eater, you're like, oh, let me go drink some water. Let me put some lemon juice in it. Eating earlier in the day or earlier in the evening now, not doing sort of late night eating. And then as we talked earlier on this podcast, start preparing for sleep, which is a huge part, huge part of your life, almost like it's your job. And I, I remember this woman, she said to me, oh my God, sleep is my most favorite activity. I live to sleep. <laughs> and I thought at first when she said that, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, we'll sleep when we die. You know, I've got so much to do. I, I can't sleep. But understand now that, you know, it's critical to our health. It's critical to our life. It's critical to how we live every day. I think, Dora, does that answer the question? What else would you add? I would add, you know, because I lean into inspiration, I would add maybe reading some kind of inspirational poetry or something to my day because it just gets my mind thinking positively and thinking on beautiful things and rather than leaning into the negative bias that's there in each of our brains. And again, leaning into the things that you feel support you, which I think if we can all even say, if I could do three things a day that support me, that's a good day, you know? And again, really, really, really encourage everybody before the holiday season, this really take a moment to see how you kind of want things to go. 
and and make a plan, make some goals, personal goals, like your own personal health goals. Now's kind of the time. And thinking how you can help others, that's always makes you feel better and, and makes your day better. You know, I just thought of Doro, do you remember, and this is now going back at least 15 years, maybe even almost close to 20, when we would do our seminars like at, at people's houses and we would talk about this and we would always do it right around Halloween because that was the beginning of the end for all of us. <laughs> and so it was the idea, okay, let's fortify ourselves. You know, how are we going to do it? The holiday season is here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, this has been a lot of food for thought. Trisha, you are so helpful and so knowledgeable about health and wellness. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you and share this information with our listeners. Well, it's so much fun. And and again, how this happened, right, was that we both got sick. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we started talking yeah. and then we thought everybody needs to hear this. So thank you. And thank you all. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.